Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Big Stories podcast. On this episode, well, it's special for two reasons. Number one, because it's our first in-person episode with our guest. And number two, because our in-person guest is none other than my mom. Uh, We are going to be talking about a ton of things today, but primarily we're going to be discussing the misconceptions of entrepreneurship. Uh, Before we get into all of that, I'm going to have my mom introduce herself and we'll get into a little bit of what she does. Um, Actually, a lot of what she does because she does a lot. So go ahead. So I am Brittany's mom, Elizabeth, and I wear a few hats. Uh, The first is I do have a nine to five job. I work as a uh, child and youth worker at the Toronto District School Board. Uh, So primarily I work with uh, students who have uh, behavioral challenges or is on the autism spectrum, uh, whereby I go into a classroom, I assist the teacher, and we come up with strategies in order to support that student. So that primarily is my nine to five. Uh, And then uh, I own a small tutoring service business whereby I, um, so let me just step back a bit. The way I got introduced to this or even thought about tutoring was I've been tutoring for many years, Um, you know, in, in schools as well as, you know, friends of Brittany's. And uh, she always plays the mama bear role. Yeah. So, you know, I started doing that and I really saw, you know, a gap whereby our students, they weren't getting that support in the classroom one on one. I mean, you know, I I don't want to say that the teachers are, you know, not paying attention to uh, the students, but there are a lot of students in the classroom. And because of budget uh, cuts, funding is a factor, factor, Mm -hmm. you know, you have one teacher to sometimes 22, 25 kids, right? So the EA concept or the child and youth worker concept is actually quite new to me. Because when I was going to school, which it wasn't that long ago, when I was like in elementary school and, uh, and secondary school, uh, I didn't see very many EAs or CYWs. So this is a fairly new concept. Right. I think it's amazing because like you said, the teachers need that support. You are catering to so many different students with unique right. learning abilities. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's important that teachers receive the help that they need too. But like you said, funding... Funding is an element to this. So lack thereof. And, you know, I decided when the pandemic hit uh, to do a little bit of research as to how better I could support not just my students that I was working with, but also other students, whether they're more on the spectrum, whether they had other challenges. You know, we have exceptional children you know, um, maybe the way they learn is a different, uh, different way to another student or how they process might be different. So I sat with a friend of mine and I thought, you know, how can I bring my service 
in home, but online because yes. our kids were already doing virtual. And uh, we created a, not necessarily a curriculum, but we created a, a, you an know, approach. an approach in yeah. order to sort of combine what they were learning at school and also give them additional support. So I, my tutors are actually teachers and I train them basically on the other side. You know, I'm not a teacher. Um, but you give them what you have taken away from your CYW experience exactly. and your education. Exactly. So I, I approach each child uh, holistically because I'm not just looking at getting that student, you know, academically to the next level. I'm looking at everything that's a part of that student, right. you know, whether they come from a divorced home, whether or not, you know, they have other challenges around them that's impeding their learning. So I train my, my uh, teachers or my tutors uh, to also bear that in mind when they are uh, tutoring. You know, sometimes I have tutors tell me, you know, I got five minutes in and then mom came on the screen to say, oh, dinner's ready. Or, you know, little brother is in the screen, you know. So, you know, patience is, is really a virtue, but, you know, um, I, I teach them other things like, yeah, you know, give breaks after 10 minutes of learning. Or, or tutoring or support, you know? Let the student tell you about their day, right? Because then maybe we can, you know, once we hear about the day and if it wasn't a great day, maybe we look at a different way of approaching that student to learn. It's funny you say that because uh, early on in my personal training journey, which was not too long ago, I had a client say, uh, before we get started, can I just tell you about my day? Yeah. Because that's, as a result of that person's day, it was it was going to be how we approached our training session. And just the chat uh, that we needed to have in order for that person to feel that release mm -hmm. and and then go about the uh, the workout that we had planned. Yeah. And I think that is a huge part of earning somebody's trust. And I think that's very important for a student or a client, um, but also taking, like you said, that deeper interest and looking at that person as more than just a student, more than just yeah. a client, but they have other things that are going on in their life that are going to directly affect yeah. what you're doing with them. So to not take those things into consideration would be a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it tells you a lot about uh, the student themselves and, and, you know, what, uh, what the challenges are even before uh, the tutor gets started, you know, and I feel that once that has been established, you know, it's all about trust. And, you know, I do have some students that have come from violent homes. I've, I've had students that gang violence is, is at the forefront. And so, you know, even though my tutors are not counselors and they're not even CYWs, but I'm training them to have that listening ear. I'm training them to, you know, have that uh, student, um, you know, tell them, you know, sometimes it's not the, the greatest uh, experience that our students have, 
but you know to let the tutors know that you're building a long uh, term relationship with the student because our students you know it's it's going to be ongoing right Absolutely. and once we establish that trust and that student is going to learn better yeah. right and they'll know that they could just tell the tutor hey can we just talk about this and sometimes our sessions are like that sometimes you know half of it is academic and the other half is can i tell you about my day can i tell you what happened on my street today can i tell you what happened at my group home can i tell you what happened you know they they had to remove my parent yeah. so so we have a lot of challenges but my tutors are doing an amazing job um we we have a diverse group we have a diverse group of, of students and uh, from, you know, any background you could think of, also from elementary right up to university. And I think that is incredible that you were able to take your nine to five yeah. and create sort of an extension to that nine to five, be inspired by your nine to five and the current events uh, and, and just help kids in a way uh, that would that would help them in the classroom and outside the classroom. Yeah. Where did that passion come from? Where did that desire come from to help youth? I think uh, you know it came many years ago. First, when you were little, um, I worked as you know with uh, battered women and children, and my heart went out to the children more than than the actual parent in yeah. the sense that. I, I didn't I didn't come in thinking I would be savior, but what I wanted to come in with is um, to understand their story and that every child um, has a unique story and I wanted to hear th that story, right? And why is it important to them? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so while I were was in homes with with, you know, mothers and and their children hanging off them you know i'm also hearing the mother's story right so i think it started you know actually even before that when i had you and i was going into the, your school and i was you know talking to parents and i was talking to the teachers and it just grew from there you know and so my passion started from there and I remember a very unique uh, story that that I share with many people and I'm not sure if I even shared it with you okay but I was in another job and I used to have uh, and it was an outdoor job and I had this young man he must have been about maybe 16 or 17 come and talk to me you know um, every almost every evening and his story was incredible of his journey of where, you know, from, from the streets to someone's couch, to foster care, to at a very young age. And I thought, how do I help other kids like him? Right. Wow. And I had a prior diploma and then I thought, okay, maybe I could use that. But our school system, you know, says, well, no, you have to have something specific. Right. So at a later age in life, I had to go back to school and, and get a specific diploma, which was my child and youth worker uh, diploma so that I could help. So I want to touch on that. So you said that you went back to school later on in life. Yes. 
I remember uh, you, it was always important for you to pursue post-secondary education. Life happens and you weren't able to do that at the standard age of eight to 17, 18 years old. Right. Um, and you had to wait a little bit later. And how was, was there any sort of hesitation? Because at that point when you decided to go back to school, I was, I was young. Like you had had a child mm -hmm. and balancing being a parent and then deciding to go back to school. Like what were sort of like the thoughts going through your mind at that point in well, wanting to pursue your education? Actually, uh, when I first went back to school, uh, you were two. Yeah. And, and then I had to raise you. So mm -hmm. I had to, you know, like typical single mom, you have to have one or two jobs uh, raising a child or children and uh, focusing on that, right? So I did that uh, for obviously many years until you got into university and then I started, that's when the, st the, the process started. Okay. Of me thinking, okay, once you were finished, maybe it's my turn to go back to school. Yeah. And so in 2012, um, that's when I applied and, and actually what got me sort of into the um, uh, advanced program was that I had that prior diploma. Right, so it did help you. Right, correct. Yeah. And yeah. so they called it uh, at Humber the Accelerated uh, Child and Youth Worker Program and because uh, I had already had the experience, right, when I worked with battered women and children. Right. And so, um, but because I didn't have the specific uh, focus on children. I had to do the placements, and and actually that was a wealth of knowledge. It was uh, it was a great experience, and uh, I thought, okay, so where can I take you know my you know past experience with this current experience? Where do I take this? Yeah. And so I worked for a few years, and after I graduated from Humber, yeah. And then, as you know, I always wanted to get my degree, and um, I thought the, the, the best transition for me was to get my uh, child and youth care practitioner degree, right? which was sort of like an extension of the CYW diploma. I think at that point, were, were we in school at the same time? Uh, what year was this? No, no, because the CYC uh, degree program was uh, two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I just, but you know, to answer your question, how did I feel going back, yes. you know, at a later age? Um, you know, for me, I always, I never thought of my age as a, a deficit. I always thought that the experience that I shared um, would actually help, um, you know, support the other students that were coming in with very little experience. Right. And so I ended up being like a mother figure to many of the younger <laughs> students who were just graduating. It's from like you were destined. You're destined. Right? Uh, and so everybody wanted to be like, in my group. And it, it was like, you know, uh, Elizabeth has the experience. She worked at this group home. She worked at that shelter. So sort of like took me. everyone under your wing. Right. And, <laughs> you know, when we were talking about plan of care for, for students and, you know, so um, I did that. And, and so I never thought of wow, my age was an, a disadvantage right. to me because... Well, some people do think that way. Some people think like, it's too late for me to go back to school. Mm -hmm. I already have like a grown child. And, um, and, and some people feel as though it's an intimidating thing to do. 
they've been out of school for so yeah. long and uh and it would just be something that would kind of possibly take somebody out of their comfort zone if they've right. been in like a certain career for a certain amount of time. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it more and more where people later mm -hmm. on in life are going back to school. I was reading an article the other day where this, I think she was like 78. She went back and got her PhD. Yeah. So I think more and more people are sort of taking that norm and just really crumpling it up and throwing it away, yeah. uh, which I think is great because like you said, you bring about a different, uh, a different perspective. Absolutely. You've, you've come into this program with different uh, experiences yeah. that can be very valuable for the students that are just entering that field. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, Age, I don't think is really a deficit either. Yeah. I think personally for myself, I don't know if I would do it, but I've seen from you and your experience that I don't know if it'd be my age that would stop me. I think maybe it would just be, you know, I, I don't necessarily think university was for me. I did go through university mm -hmm. and I just felt that it wasn't something for me. So I don't think it would be anything to do with age. I think it would just be that just wasn't my thing. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've watched through your experiences that age is just a number. Mm -hmm. You go about and you pursue your passions no matter what stage in life that you're in. And life is too short and you should be doing what you love. Yeah, and interestingly, actually, I had a professor at uh, when I was in my CYW diploma uh, program, and he was the one that actually, you know, uh, helped me and supported me through the process of getting either even more education to, you know, focus on what my goals were and to get to those goals. So, you know, when I was doing the CYW uh, program, I knew that I wanted to get my degree, but I didn't know that I would take it even another step. And, and get her master's. So, so let's talk about that a little yeah, bit. So <laughs> actually, you know, that's interesting because, you know, I would have stopped right at the, the, the degree. degree. Yeah. And I had a professor that came to me and she said to me, I, I think you would do great in the master's program. And I said, there's a master's in child and youth care. And she said, yes, but I think it would be better that you did your master's in social work. Right. Because more doors, I believe, would open for you. And I said, well, what more doors? I already have a great job. And she said, well, where, what do you want to do with this education that you have. And I said, well, my goal has always been and my dream has always been to have my own practice. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, there you go. She said, that is, you know, the path through the master's program. And I thought, okay, how do I do it? Yeah. How do I go to the next step? And I hadn't even graduated yet from the degree. And she said, um, I'm, ho I'm hosting a uh, small workshop uh, to help students, you know, get to that next step, and I'm inviting you. And I thought, okay, great. I remember when you first told me, and you were so excited, yeah. Yeah. and it was so it was so cool to see yeah. you that excited because I knew, like I said, I knew from a really long time for a really long time that post education was something that you were going to stop at nothing yeah. to get that degree, yeah. and to see that you were heading on to the next level. Yeah. 
and uh, and getting that support yeah. was so cool. I, I you know throughout my journey of education, I've always had somebody that was sort of like on my side saying, "Okay, go to the next step." go to the next step. Yes. And so I did, whether it was family, you, you know, uh, people within my circle. And uh, so I'm at the last step. Um, you sure? You sure you don't want yes, to do your PhD? No, I'm not, <laughs> not going PhD level. You know, one of the things with the PhD is, you know, if you, you know, actually, from my perspective, if you want to teach and, you know, whatever role I'm in, whether as a CYW now with the TDSB or, you know, having my master's, I'm always teaching. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't really matter. Sure, I may not get, you know, the, uh, the, the salary with it, but it's not about that for me. It's about the passion that I have in supporting our youth and especially youth that are marginalized and racialized and um, our girls, you know, we have a lot of, of cracks in the system. Where, and that's your, that's the basis of your research, correct? For yes, your masters? Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, we have a lot of gaps where our girls are being left behind. And so, and specifically our black girls, right? So, you know, I do a lot of work around that and uh, I have two research projects on the go uh, mm -hmm. through my master's that primarily focuses on uh, black youth for one of them and uh, black girls for the other one. So uh, hopefully out of this, we can get uh, funding to actually you know, see this um, come to light, this, these two programs. Yeah. yeah. I am beyond proud that you are number one, obviously my mother, and number two, that you are doing such incredible work that will impact the education system. I think you and I have had several conversations about the work that really needs to be done with our education system. Yeah. I think even down to the structuring of our classrooms, uh, the help that students are getting uh, in terms of their, you know, unique learning approaches. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, a lot, I feel a lot needs to be done in addressing these things and bettering our children or our next generation's experience within a school. Yeah, absolutely. I think like you so profoundly says, you need to take that student and not just think of that student as a student. You need to think, what are they experiencing outside of these doors? Because that, if you don't address that, yeah. then what, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing in the classroom? I even remember when I was graduating and I saw um, that they were bringing about all these new courses at my high school. And I was like, oh man, like I wish I was able to experience it because it was so much more uh, directly life related. Yeah. I think that's what, and I think many people can say that is a bit of a flaw in our education yeah. system is that we're not teaching kids those life skills that they yeah. need. Yeah. Uh, and they're not able to really relate or connect to what's happening in the classroom and take that to their world, yeah. you know, because there, there's such a, there's such a disparity. There's such a disconnect, yeah, you know, we're not teaching kids how to, uh, you know, things like taxes, or things like what they will find 
in the world that will be their responsibility, a mortgage perhaps, if they're interested in being a homeowner, just, uh, and the way institutions work, speaking about issues like you're covering in your research, uh, institutionalized racism, things that are directly impacting our people in general, uh, I think need to really be focused on in our education system and sooner rather than later. I see those small steps happening, especially when it came to the approach of, um, of sex head in, in the younger grades. And I know that has been quite an adjustment. And of course things are going to take time because our education system has been, you know, rock solid, you know, not a lot of change has been made to it. Not a lot of big change has been made to it for maybe, I don't know, many, many years. Yeah. And uh, to make changes to our you know, sexual education, uh, I think we need to sort of, you know, slowly, gradually start to tackle other areas as well, yeah. like things like institutionalized racism, prejudice, yeah. uh, things that directly apply to what you're going to encounter in your life, how yeah. to open a bank account, mm-hmm. um, how to, how to manage your finances, yeah. how to, yeah, how to properly and efficiently spend money. Yeah. We, we have quite a few programs now. First and foremost, we have some amazing CYWs out there. Mm-hmm. Amazing. They do a lot of work with our youth. They do a lot of work one-on-one with our kids. And, you know, they, we, we don't get the, recognition that we should get Mm -hmm. but we do you know uh work with a lot of challenges not just challenged uh students but challenges within the school system well first within the school system but also for our youth Mm -hmm. and our children right in in elementary school we have we have uh you know cyws that you know will work with a, a student for years right, from elementary right into high school. And, and like I said, and we mentioned earlier with the, you know, the, the lack of funds, that CYW will work with that student, teaching that student above certain and things, right? Yeah. They go, we go above and beyond. We have new programs where we have, you know, graduation coaches now, where hmm. for black youth, where to help them because there's a high percentage of our black youth that, you know, either get suspended or expelled. And we have graduation coaches that support these students to get them to to graduate, you know? And so there's a lot more, and there are a lot more of us now in certain areas and on different platforms really advocating for our youth, like heavily and hard working with our youth and, and advocating, you know? And, and you know, it's not like we get paid a great amount of money, but we have to work within the means of that, of the school system and the budget that we're given, but we work very hard with our students. Right. And, and, you know, uh, sometimes that goes um, unnoticed. Right. So I really want to highlight that. And, you know, you know, because that that CYW becomes, you know, sometimes a mother, a father, a teacher, you know, everything all in one. Yes. Right. So and that was what I wanted to take with me, uh, that sense of belonging for that student and that whole holistic approach for my tutoring service. And and I'm getting there. You know? Absolutely. Well, like you yeah. said, you identified 
you know, some of the holes that we're still working on within the education system. And you took it upon yourself with your experience and your passion. And you built an extension off of what you love so much, which is your nine to five. Absolutely. Uh, so again, I think it's, it's work that needs to be done, but you know, better than anybody, big change doesn't happen quickly. Correct. And I mean, without, you know, the research that you're doing and without the work that you're doing in other CYWs and other educators yeah. without them, uh, coming in and, and doing this work, mm -hmm. then we wouldn't be where we're at. And like you said, not a lot of people maybe see everything mm -hmm. that goes on behind mm -hmm. the scenes. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's impactful and it's going to be even more impactful yeah. because you know, there's a new generation of teachers, mm -hmm. there's new information, uh, not just teachers, but educators, yeah. there's new information being researched yeah. and, you know, more of a focus on youth and, you know, the experience within the classroom. And I think the pandemic really, you know, shined a light on that yeah. because, you know, there were parents who were thinking or even educators, like, how is this virtual yeah. set up going to work? How are we going to get laptops? How are we going to even function where, you know, a teacher is online and, you know, you have all these kids, you know, 22 kids, 25 kids. Right. And how are, how are we going to support these students? Right. right. And so it's been extremely challenging. Um, and I understand, you know, for uh, health reasons and COVID, absolutely, uh, you know, safety first, um, but it has been a great challenge. I've heard from many students who, who say, Miss, I don't know what I would have done without you or without my other CYW or without my, you know, graduation coach or without this person or that person, mm -hmm. right? So it, it truly takes a village and, and my tutoring services is just an extension. Absolutely. Right, of that. And it's so great to see, like when I was in school, I had a guidance counselor and I had my teacher, but it's mm -hmm. so great to see that kids now have additional support yeah, throughout their education program. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, big change doesn't happen fast, but it's happening it's yeah. and, uh, and it's really great to see. And I think this pandemic has also in, you know, turning that this, you know, in classroom environment into a more virtual setting has also not only brought to light, maybe, you know, how things could change within the education system, mm -hmm. you know, can we do virtual uh, can we do a balance like virtual and in class, but maybe, and, and you would be, you know, maybe the best person to ask or one of the best people to ask. Maybe it's also showing holes within the yeah. education system that need to be addressed yeah. and uh, a different approach yeah. to education, because I don't think online should be completely dismissed. I think there are so many great things to the online space, but also I think, you know, in, in certain aspects that in-class experience, like you can't, you can't beat that. There's so many like invaluable things that come from, you know, not only from the education perspective, but the social, the social interaction and, you know, being amongst your peers and having a more collaborative experience in that regard right. and and you know to be very honest um for my business online works 
for me being in the classroom, I believe that it's important for students to be in a classroom. And the reason for that is because we have so many different learners. And when I mentioned to you that, you know, virtual has brought a lot of challenges, it has brought a lot of challenges for our, for our um, you know, visual learners. Right. And, and because of that, you know, we have even more gaps, right? Mm -hmm. So as much as, you know, there are some people for it, I'm, I'm of the mind that, you know, I have to look at all our kids, not just, you know, kids that where one parent is at home. And that's even another set of um, challenges right. where parents have had to, you know, one had to stay home or one lost their job and it was okay for them to stay home. But we have, we have students who have single parents. Well, not only single parents, but we have students who live with grandparents. Right. We have students who live in group homes where, you know, trying to get a laptop or a computer is very challenging because they have so many workers using that uh, laptop right. or that, that computer. We have students who need to get out from home because school is their safety net, mm. right? So when we start looking at, at all these, you know, the dynamics of, of education, whether it being virtual or not, We've got to take all our students and the environments that they live in and then say, is virtual good or not? Mm. So. so, yeah, I guess that sort of answers my question in terms of if there are any holes in the education system. So I guess depending on how you look at it, there's pros and cons to virtual, pros and cons to in-class. Uh, but you're feeling you lean more towards having that sort of in-class experience yeah. to really delve into not just the student, but that person as an individual, as a unique yeah. individual and, and what they're, what is going on within, within their yeah. life and school, like you said, being a safe haven, mm -hmm. being a way that in terms of their uh, learning style, yeah. it's better for them to be in that classroom. And, and like I mentioned, you know, our, our CYWs, our teachers, uh, they become, you know, the uh, voices for our youth and right. voices for our children, right? So when that student comes to school and says, Miss, like, I need to talk to you, something's happening at home, we are their advocates. Mm -hmm. So if they're home, we don't get that. They don't, yeah. they don't get that safety feeling of, well, how can I talk to Miss Warner about what's happening at home, right? Because we can't give out our phone numbers. We can't, you know, they can email us, but if you've got an eight-year-old and their time on, on virtual is only the time that the teacher is on, yeah. how do they talk? How do they tell us? Right. So there's a lot of, of you know, things that layers, many layers. Yes. And these are the things that, you know, we have to look at when, you know, the government really wants to decide for us whether or not, you know, it's we call it the hybrid, um, you know, and, and whether or not that's a better approach in class is a better approach or virtual is a better approach, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of different uh, 
avenues that we have to look at. And, and for me, safety is number one for our students. And, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes we are, we're it, right? Well, I'm glad that you had that professor Mm -hmm. approach you in regards to entering your master's uh, and recognizing that opening up a clinic uh, was it's sort of the end goal for you in that regard and you could really you know make an impression on all of these issues that you are uh, addressing right now which is you know providing a safe educational experience for youth yeah you know, in combination with your experience, your education, your tutoring service, and then, you know, soon opening up your own clinic, uh, which I'm really excited to see and see your name outside of a door with MSW. Is that what it would be? MSW at the end? Yes. Masters of Social Work at the end? Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I really wanted to have this talk with you because I think it's such a unique experience and such a unique approach. Like I said, that misconception of entrepreneurship where you feel like you have to leave your nine to five or you think most entrepreneurs leave their nine to five behind. And my mom is proof that that's not always the case. And if anything, your nine to five can inspire you mm -hmm. to create an extension of your passion and uh, what you so love about your nine to five. Absolutely. Which I, uh, which is so great. Yeah. Okay. So before we go, I've got a couple of lightning round questions. Right. Let's keep it lightning round. <laughs> I know it's hard for you to sort of keep things short, but that's okay. I, uh, it's kind of genetic in that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I experienced the same thing. Uh, okay. So you have taken on the mama bear role ever since I can remember. Yes. Who is that mama bear or who is that support that you reach out to? Uh, good question. So, you know, I have different groups, right, that, that uh, provide me the support that I need. Like I mentioned, you know, when I was uh, in college and, and uh, at doing my undergrad, I had a support group that I established back then, and they kind of, you know, followed me. And so when it comes to academics, I, I go to them. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to support um, out of academics and it's either emotional or, you know, just having a really stressful day, I have others that I go to. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, your grandmother, my mother, uh, biggest supporter. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes... She's the mama bear of all mama bears. Yes. And so <laughs> that's where I get it from. And yeah. so... I just give her a call and I'll say like, I have a decision to make. What, is, what are your thoughts? You know, and she'll tell me like it is and I'll run with it. So good. It's good. I mean, especially with your schedule yes. and your role that you take on, I think it's so important that you get that support too. Yeah. Sure. Uh, because I mean, just like everybody else, you're a human being, yeah. you have emotional needs, mm -hmm. you need a support system as well. So it's great that you have such a strong one and such a diverse one yes. to help you in that educational space, mm -hmm. in that emotional space, in that social space. Yeah. So it's great you have that balance. So yeah. uh, speaking of, you know, keeping things sort of balanced and, you know, getting into a space where you kind of remove yourself as the mama bear. How do you re like rest and refuel? You've got a lot going on. You've got yeah. your nine to five. You have your 
uh, tutoring service and you have your master's degree that you're pursuing, what does a rest and refuel look like for you? Uh, Self-care is extremely important, mm -hmm. both mentally and physically. So, uh, you know, physically, well, that's easy. Uh, you're my trainer. <laughs> so, so, you know, working out is important, yeah. you know, uh, outdoors better for me. I love the summer, um, riding my bike, sitting outside on our patio, you know, that we call our oasis. oasis. <laughs> and, um, you know, just uh, the beach, anytime I can get out to the beach, you know, and uh, lots of sleep, if I can get it. Yeah, lots of sleep. Yeah, so. I feel like a bomb could go off. Like, <laughs> and you wouldn't hear a thing like once you're asleep you yeah. are asleep yeah that's true good for you <laughs> well if only i could master that uh well thank you so much again for coming on again i really wanted to capture your unique perspective mm -hmm. before we go where can everybody find uh your tutoring service so i have a website it's uh well www.eduassistservices.com Everything is laid out there. Uh, there's also a phone number, uh, email, and uh, yeah, you can reach me there for sure. Awesome, and they can set up just a consultation with you. Yeah. All consultations are free, uh, just to give an idea of what the student is like, the needs, and like I mentioned, you know, the whole holistic part of that student, and, uh, and then I match that student with uh, one of my uh, very well-trained uh, tutors. Great. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, I loved hearing things that I already knew, but things that I didn't know, like that story about the 16-year-old uh, kid that you met so early on in your educational experience didn't know that uh, so and I'm so excited to see where your ventures take you and to see that MSW uh, on a plaque outside of your office so and I know that day will come very soon thanks mama <laughs>